0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. It's shining through us, but... Well, this just really helps me because after you help people for a while, you wear out and you're no good to them anyway. <laughs> you feel like you've fallen short, which the Bible says we do. And then, and then John ends up saying, I'm not even the light. I'm just here to, to reflect the light. But we'll we'll read that in a minute. I I just want to. This is one of the. I've got a few stories out of COVID that I've learnt from true things. Um, I've got four chooks and the magpies attacked them anyway. They got one cornered and uh, they broke a leg and a wing. And they've done it to one of my other chooks. It's quite interesting. They grab their leg with their beak and bend it. And and it must be a way they have of taking them out. I hadn't seen it before and my other chook recovered after a couple of days but this one was in a bad way so I I took it to the vet but it was the chook that I loved the most because it was the chook that was kind of the small struggler in the in the litter and when they all raced out to get fed in the morning she wouldn't find a way and she had feathers missing around her neck where the others would peck at her and beat her up and make sure she ate last and she was the struggler so whenever I let them out of, of the run she would always just run and feed at my feet nowhere else. So wherever I went she'd follow. Sometimes I'd accidentally step on her because she'd be right there or if I dig in the garden she'd jump in the hole and try and help me (laughs) dig. So we were quite close and uh, you know I'm trying to figure out if the vet's going to put her down or is able to help her. So I'm I'm driving there and I can tell she's in a bit of pain and I get the feeling that she's going to be put down. So I don't know why I did this. I put on soft music, the carpenters, if you remember who they were. Um, and I just I just had the chook in an open box because she couldn't get out. And I just was stroking a part of her that wasn't in pain, just very gently. And, and was we were just <laughs> singing the song. And she just started cooing as I, like a real peaceful kind of, she was just soaking it up. And I had this thought, and I don't know if it's true, but I felt like, you know how she always wanted to be with me? I felt like she had the feeling inside, at last, I've got him all to myself. Anyway, the vet comes, nah, she's got a broken leg, broken wing, you, you need to put her down. brought her out and I said goodbye and I said sorry and I thanked her and had a, had a tear. But driving home, I thought, God, you got anything to say to me. And he says to me, why don't you be like that chook with me? And it was just, I thought through it for a couple of days and just wrote some things in my journal about, isn't it interesting that chook was a good lesson for me? How God, God uses creation, doesn't he, to, to teach us thing, like stick close to him, feed at his feet, long for his company, love it when you get him on your own in your, in, you know, when, you, when you're praying. And so it's just funny that I could learn such beautiful things from a chook. Um, so it's obviously that i'm not the cross because i've got a chook teaching me um but let me just let me just read some some scripture to you uh firstly from john 1 verse 20 uh this is about john the baptist he did not fail to confess and confess freely i am not the messiah then uh, earlier on he says there was a it says there was a man sent from god his name was john he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe he himself was not the light he came only as a witness to the light so that's what we are we're witnesses to the light we're not trying to rescue everyone we're helping who we can but we're basically pointing people to christ um, and one more verse verse 12 Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision nor of a husband's desire, but born of God. And I think some versions say born of, born of God's will. That's you. So you're born of God's will. There's so much purpose on your life. But we're not the Christ. So here's the question I want to ask, and I'm asking myself, why do we jump up on the throne so much and take control and not follow how God's leading us? You know, fear will do that to us. Selfishness will do that to us. You know, sinfulness will do that to us. But we really do have to have to get off the throne. I wrote, I'm not the Christ. You're not the Christ. So get off the throne. <laughs> We're not even the light. A um, couple of points. Um, two points. If we aren't in charge, we need his guidance and direction. God will bless you. I, th- I think that's he intends to do that. But I don't know. As a young Christian, I wanted the blessing, but I didn't want the pain. I didn't want the suffering. I certainly didn't want the trials. In fact, when we had kids, I was always praying that they wouldn't suffer. And after about two years, I don't think God could take it anymore. If I answer all your prayers for your kids, they're going to turn out to be the biggest jerks. They're going to be criminals because they won't go through anything and they won't learn anything. Because one of the main ways God teaches us things is through trials. That's why the Bible says, don't be surprised at the trial you're undergoing. But then we all freak out and run away from God. But the whole deal with trials is he doesn't always deliver us from it but he comes into the trial with us. Remember the three guys in the fire? They asked him to deliver them, and he didn't, but he came into the fire with them, and they were completely unharmed. In fact, it said there was not even a smell of smoke on them when they they came out of the fire, and so he comes into our trials. He walks through them with us. He helps us adjust our attitude, and we come out of it without even the the stench of smoke um, on us, which is amazing. I, I, I love that. So God will bless you, but he will prepare you for the blessing Um, because he doesn't want the blessing to take you away from him. He wants the blessing to take you further into him. That's the deal. That's sometimes where a lot of our prayers are unanswered because if he answered them, it just takes us out of God. Um, So, you know, on this line, God does want to provide for you well, but in provision, there's these categories. There's, There's the times where it's not enough. There's the time when we think it's never enough. There's times where we think it's barely enough. There are times where we think it's just enough. And there's actually times planned by God for you where you have more than enough. So um, it's not enough and there's never enough. It's just when we have a bad attitude. It's like there's a small blessing that we should thank God for because we're supposed to show gratitude daily. That's enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's what we're supposed to go in there with. Thank you for what you did yesterday. Say someone gives you 100 bucks. supposed to go to God and say thank you you don't go and whinge and say but I needed a thousand just well, (laughs) go with a hundred say thank you keep moving more will come Um, but then there's like Israel barely enough when they're in slavery in Egypt it was just barely enough to get them through there's like a season of that in their lives it's like when you're a student I remember being a student at uni you know working a couple of doing bar work on the side and I never had enough money and I thought my parents were charging me too much rent. I had about four dollars a week to, to live off, trying to get by. Um, uh, then there's just enough. It's, so it's a bit like you finally get a job, you know, after your student, you're an employee, but it's not quite enough to save up for a house, you know. So you, you, it's just enough. It was like desert life for Israel. God delivered them out of Egypt, but they were living in the desert for all. It was only, I'm not sure of the stats. Donna would probably be more accurate than me. I think it was like, it might have been a four-day journey, but I think it was like a 14-day journey, and they could have moved, moved through the desert, but they didn't listen to God. And it took 40 years before they got out of the desert. They just wandered around in circles. And so that season of having just enough was extended way beyond what it ever should have been. And we can get stuck like that. But then you're the boss instead of the employee, you you know, or you're in the promised land. And in the promised land, there's more than enough. I've lived a few decades now. I've been through all those seasons. I've lived a few decades in more than enough. The things I like in more than enough are, you know, to learn giving, tithing, generosity, and then obediently giving what you feel to give, means God can trust you with finances, and and I find he gives you more because he can trust it to to flow through you. He gives you stuff for your own family, but he likes to trust you with stuff flowing through. And I I wrote this, the rich in our church all learn to live through some very, very lean years in their lives. But it's interesting, as their supply increased, they're so so generous and and it's interesting one of the stories i was going to share at the end but but i'll say it now um david's best friend was jonathan and jonathan was killed in battle and he had a disabled son you know that everyone lost track of anyway he was doing it really tough and you know it was about a decade later david found out that mephibosheth i can't say his name properly uh was struggling so david brought him into the palace and took care of him and He goes, you're in the royal family now and you'll eat the finest food. You'll have the best of things and you'll live in a beautiful section of the palace. And and, and it says this statement. David did this because of who his father was. Because of your father, you are now royalty in my household. Because of your father. My dad, you know, was a builder and so he had good friends and when we first got married some of his building friends you know had stuff they gave us for free and and it really helped but more than that I thought well who's your father? God the father is your father we just read how he planned you and he created you it wasn't born of man's will it looks like it was but you were in the purpose of God and he's your father so I think there's many many things the Holy Spirit brings to us because of who your Father is, God the Father. That's why we often get what we don't deserve. In, in good ways, I mean. Um, so if you're in a season of lack, and I, I've had a few of those, lack is not your permanent address. You'll eventually move through it. And when God does bless you, you're not to apologize to people because God has blessed you. I've seen, you know, people who, who've tithe faithfully, given faithfully to the church, be a bit embarrassed when they end up with a beautiful home or a beautiful car or a beautiful partner or beautiful kids or good provision or a healthy paying job. They're just, for the first few years they're a bit apologetic, you know, because there's kind of a poverty thing sometimes hangs around in Christianity. Um, and you should never be ashamed if you, if you are living in poverty. The key is just don't let the poverty live in you. Because there's something to come out of in that and, and learn how to, how to live a different way. All right, second point. You are not the Christ, but you are more than, more than conquerors. Just before I teach that, I, I just want you to get this. I, I kind of summarise this little thing I found on the fragrance of God. I really like it. Um, it's it's based on this, this is why it touched me, my dad used to wear this cheap aftershave that smelled fantastic, I don't know if it was brute 33 or whatever it was. <laughs> Do you re- I don't know if you remember being a kid, and it could have been your mum's perfume, but when they picked you up and held you, there was just that cologne smell, and it was it, it would sort of get into you, and it was a smell that you learnt to associate being safe with, and... Um, Brian Simmons who wrote the the, uh, TPT what's that passage passion translation Um, says this get close enough to God to smell the fragrance of his presence ask him what he thinks ask him who he is ask him what he feels and he just may reveal some of his personality to you his internal qualities of love and gentleness he enjoys you he smiles at you when he smiles at you it's like a sunrise that warms your heart and illuminates your own life to you delighting in his love gets you close enough to smell his cologne or his fragrance and it makes you feel safe with him man i love that <laughs> you know in the battle of life trying to remember all the other stuff i forget that stuff too I. Eh? Sometime you'll just read something in your quiet time and it's just like, oh, why haven't I been doing this every day for the last 20 years? Um, if he's on your side and you let him in, you win. <laughs> um, Joel Osteen, I was reading the other day in, in this book, tells this story, uh, The Abundance Mind Sees. I love his messages, they're so positive deals with my negative bent, because um, um, you're a bit like me, huh? we're always dragging ourselves into the positive, aren't we, yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> um, tells the story of before flight, you know, it was around the time of the Titanic. It was some American guy was sort of going on a big ocean liner to Europe and he'd save for years and he got the cheapest ticket and he got it and he was on the boat. so. He only had one set of clothes, so in his little suitcase thing he had, and he only took small ones in those days, he filled it with crackers and cheese so they'd have something to eat on the journey. Anyway, some guy's watching him every day while everyone else is having their meals. He's sitting over in the corner eating his crackers and cheese and dreaming of nice food. Anyway, on the second last day of the trip, the guy goes over to him and says, excuse me, I notice you're eating crackers and cheese all the time and there's all this beautiful food laid out. Why why are you doing that? He said, oh... To be honest with you, I could, I could only afford the, the cheapest ticket. So I just bought my crackers and cheese. And the guy says to him, even on the cheapest ticket, the food's included, pull up a chair. <laughs> I thought, I think the ticket God's bought for us in redemption includes provision of what we needed. actually The Bible actually says, I've never seen God's children forsaken or the righteous begging for bread. So you, you don't need to fear lack. It's like pull up a chair to the table um, gods God's got stuff for you. Um, the other thing you know, so that's provision I, you know safety is an interesting thing, but we had this really interesting experience recently, and um, that's why that Spurgeon thing that I read out just really related to me how God will keep you safe so we're at a cafe on the Central coast, Our beautiful dogs next to us, you know she's like a big golden retriever basically with a few other things thrown in. Anyway, she loves people and she's really pleasant and she's sitting under the table, sound asleep. An American staffy comes up off the lead and attacks her. She's hovering, you know, the big bullheader ones and when they latch on they, they don't let go. Anyway, I knew I had to stop him from grabbing her throat. She, she sort of put up a bit of a fight in shock and then sort of started to give in. And he, he didn't care about ripping it, he was just going for the throat so he could latch on. And he just about did it, and I dived and grabbed his legs. Now, I've got a crook shoulder, so I shouldn't be able to through this, but I threw him about nine feet away, and he smashed into a fence. But he just raced straight back, and just about to grab her throat again, and Roz shoved her arm out, and he grabbed her arm, and he could have broken it or ripped it off, but he, he just bit it because she was in the way, so I'm grateful to him for that. Um, and she was bleeding pretty bad, um, and then he went for the throat again and by this time I had his tail and from out of nowhere this huge guy I don't know if it was an angel or not but he was just like a big army looking guy not violent very calm while I'm holding the tail and trying to keep the dog back he grabs it puts it on its side puts both his knees on the dog holds its throat down and just speaks gently to it this is the dog that's attacking and he's just got it there and then the owners get there with their, with their lead and put it on and everything's okay. So I don't have time to get violent with the owners or try and bust them or get their addresses and get, tell them about the police because my wife's bleeding, I don't know what state my dog's in. So I grab them both, throw them in the car, take Ros to Gossard Hospital, leave her in emergency, take the dog to the vet, get her sorted out and she was pretty good. Um, but we really felt when we were sitting there and that happened to step in, you know it's one of those things where you step in and you go, do I die here if I step in? You just don't know, but we we both said how we felt to in this situation, step in. But I think we got out of that off so lightly. I know Roz got bitten, but you know, tetanus shot and some stitches and some antibiotics and and she was okay. then we get off lightly? Like that dog could have ripped either. Of, Roz could have lost her arm. He could have ripped either. It open, but it was just one of those things where we weren't in shock from it in the end. We like a little bit, but not much, because we thought, "Wow, how well did we get out of that situation?" And we just felt like God's protection was there I'm not saying that you should do that every time it's like you try and look at the Holy Spirit and like do I go in do I hold back what do I do it's it's hard to tell and I thought wow it actually made us feel safer not more vulnerable the Bible says in Psalm 23 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life that means even though you go through some bad stuff, they're following you and they will catch up and they will overtake and they will come into your life and they will help you get established and we've been in the church long enough to see even people like myself that are you know worked hard study hard not have lots of money but bit by bit as you overcome your hurdles as you do your things as you stay in god he establishes your family he establishes your credibility your pay eventually increases things around you grow and provision and bounty start to come into your life and the key when the when the extra comes is to keep letting it flow through that, that doesn't mean don't buy better shoes better house nicer clothes do all that but just make sure what God wants to flow through you to help others like with our missions program um, it's, it's so interesting when when Dan did the Christmas little thing about the Christmas giving I, I remember my first year when we came and we just had no money and I think we gave five or ten bucks by faith to some little Christmas giving program and I thought this year I'm gonna give two lots maybe four lots of the 95 cuz now I can give everything like I'm I'm thinking five that's not enough ten that's not enough 50 that's not enough 95 what a great idea we can cover everything and I thought gee from the first year to the 32nd year or whatever it is, isn't it nice when you can go and give a little bit of everything? And that's the place God wants to grow you to in the, <laughs> where it's more than enough. It's more than enough for everyone. I've heard preachers say, it's really selfish to want just enough for you and your family. You should want more than enough so there's, you can you can share it with others nearly finished Um, and just to convince you that you will have trials Psalm 119 verse 75 David says for in faithfulness you have afflicted me because some people will teach from the front that God doesn't want any suffering in the world and suffering is probably a bad word to use there for what I'm trying to say but it's like there will be trials there is trials people are broken they won't always treat us well and David said, in faithfulness you have afflicted me. That means when the affliction comes, you'll walk with me through it. I'll get through it. So I'm, I'm not afraid of it. Do you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. Um, when he went into battle with Goliath, it says he took his sling. He picked five smooth stones. And I hadn't got onto this before, but he took his staff. And I'm thinking, why would he take his staff? He just needs the slingshot. And he picked four extra stones. He knew he could take Goliath out with the first one because he would killed lions and bears with his slingshot. He was incredibly accurate with moving targets. Goliath was not a big threat to him, he's just a big guy mouthing off. He's not too big to fight, he's too big to miss. <laughs> so David's so confident because of the trials he'd been through with lions and bears when he's going into it, he's not afraid of Goliath. In fact, Goliath had four brothers and that's probably why he took five stones, one for each, and I'll take you all out first go. But why did he take his staff? I, I heard a, a, a Jewish guy say the other day that a lot of the shepherds in those times on their staff, if they had a particular battle they won, to give credit to God, they'd carve an image or a couple of words that were like. So he took his staff, and, and um, uh, Joel Osteen just just says it in in these words. He um, He says, remember the good things and forget the bad things. When David went into battle, he took his staff. He rehearsed his victories, not his failures. Wow. Living by bad memories can keep you out of the promised land. And gee, that was a lesson to me. I'm like you in my human nature. You know, Five good things happen, one bad thing. Why am I clinging on to the bad thing? See, he's like, good memories. When you're coming into a battle, remember the good things God does. That's why it's really good to write them in your journal and you can look back through them. I put a special mark, a triangle over victory. So when I look through my journal, I can, I can spot the triangles and, and read, the, read the victories. So I just, I just really, really like that. And the last thing I wanted to say was, so David was king. But when he took in Mephibosheth, I know, just because I know God, <laughs> his supply would have increased. He didn't have to figure out, have I got enough? Because every time you reach out in obedience and do something to help someone, the, the blessing of God is a river, it's not a pipe. It's not like you use something so there's less pipe. It's a river. So God gives you more to let it flow through you. How many of you here are parents and you, you know, you've had your first child and finances are tight? You have your second child think, man, how will we get through this? You get through that, you get through it so well, you actually have a third and a fourth, and you're thinking, yeah, we get through this. But the supply increases, and God gets you through it. So you don't have to be afraid of making decisions about going forward, of what you're feeling, God, because he will increase your supply as you go. So, Father, we thank you. I pray your blessing and your protection over all these people, and we thank you for getting us through that dogfight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.